have the second pick. I'm going uh, Bears Cowboys under 42 and a half, and here's why. Greatest tragedies involving a plane since 9-11, 52 innocent players from Denver were helpless as a dangerous individual overtook the plane imposing his cringy habits on them. Fortunately, they made it through and didn't lose a single person. The Broncos are two and a half point underdogs as they take on the Jaguars in London. Carolina is coming off their biggest win of the season while the Falcons are coming off their first loss against the spread. Both teams will be coming hard in this matchup as they try to lay the wood as the fight for the NFC South will be lasting longer than Roman swipes. Give me a high! The Falcons are four-point favorites at home. Duh, Bears! And the Brokeback Cowboys square dance off in this LGBTQ matchup of the week. Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Duh, Bears! Offense will be looking to run faster than Herschel Walker ran away from his family. Duh, Bears! Are 10-point underdogs as they visit Jerry's world. Mike McDaniel continues his unorthodox preparation routine. He has been reading and watching film on Of Mice and Men. He believes he's prepared his tiny frame to take down the giant that is Danny Campbell. The Dolphins are 3.5-point favorites as they travel to Detroit. Minnesota is considered the fifth drunkest state in America, but will be the drunkest state when Cardinals GM Steve Keim arrives. The Cardinals look to unleash the hops as they travel to Minnesota as three and a half point underdogs. The Raiders take on the Saints in a battle between the Strip and Bourbon Street. Eight weeks into the season, if you ask me, it actually looks more like a battle between Fremont Street and the Lower Ninth Ward. Both teams look to inject life into their veins as they try to keep their playoff hopes alive. The Saints go marching in as one and a half point home underdogs. Patriots look to avoid getting lost in the sauce this week as they travel to New Jersey to take on the Jets. Fortunately for them, Robert Kraft is an expert in dry rubs, providing them tips on how to make the sauce disappear. Naughty, naughty. Patriots are two and a half point road favorites. In the Battle of PA, Darius Slay and the Eagles look to continue their unbeaten streak, while also looking to continue the even more impressive Picket to Pickens pick streak. The Eagles are 10.5 point favorites in the Always Sunny City as they welcome the neighboring Steelers. The Titans have been in talks with the Oilers that are running the Live Tour for inspiration as they return to Houston and reclaim their throne. The Titans are two and a half point road favorites. The Commanders have their battle plan set as they look to attack Colts owner Jim Irsay's weakness by pouring a Heineke all over Indianapolis. The Commanders are three point underdogs. Brian Dayball and the Giants look to go full Antifa by shutting down Seattle this weekend. The Giants are three point road underdogs. Run CMC and the Niners walk their way to Hollywood to take on Matt Stafford and Sons. The Los Angeles Rams are one and a half point underdogs at home. Sunday night, we have a matchup between small market powerhouses in Green Bay and Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers looks to avoid losing four in a row, 
something he hasn't experienced since walking away from his family. The Packers are 10.5 point underdogs as they travel to Buffalo. We cap off week 8 with Frank Ocean's Halloween Monday night matchup featuring the Bengals and the Browns. Joe Burrow has been on Miles Garrett's mind as he's been thinking about you, Puna. digging a grave for him in his front yard. The Browns are three and a half point home underdogs. So since 2019, when he became the full-time head coach at Ohio State, Ryan Day is 10-1-1 against the spread and 12-0 straight up in October. The one time they didn't cover was last year versus Penn State, and they didn't cover this year versus Penn State. So Penn State has their number when it comes to the spread. When They have their number when it comes to cover. Yeah, but straight up, Ryan Day does not lose. So next year when you're betting, Ryan Day, bet Ohio State in October. Bet them to throw them in your parlays as just money line, but then it's even... So now they're 10-2-1 against the spread in October hmm. as a full-time head coach at Ohio State. Great stat. Love that. I'm so just pissed at uh, Oklahoma State. 7-2 and two against the spread and straight up against ranked opponents since the start of last season. And 8-0 and oh on the spread when playing on the road. So I just looked at those numbers and I'm like, that's a lock. It's an easy lock. They're a top 10 ranked team versus Kansas State, 22. How do they not cover? And yet they're, what, down now? 48-0? 49-0? That was a bad beat. Yeah, it was. Don't trust the numbers. So, see, this is why, like, looking at the numbers is why I don't think it helps me at all when it comes to gambling. Because now I'm like, do I ride with what's hot? Because when I go play roulette at the casino, how I make money doing that is play what's what's hot. If reds have hit five out of the last six times, you keep going red. You keep going with what's hot. The times I lose playing roulette, it's when I think, oh, red's hit four times in a row. Black is due. And if you keep just trying to play what's due, you're going to lose all your money. And that's what I did. So that now, like, when I'm thinking of this, oh, should I go with what's hot? Or do I see these numbers? Oh, they're 8-0 and against the spread when playing on the road. 7-2 and against the spread against ranked opponents. Are they due for a loss? I don't fucking know, and that's causing me. It's a paralysis by analysis now. Yeah, it's rough. So, 19 Kentucky versus number 3 Tennessee. That's going to start any minute now. Since the start of last season, Tennessee was 4-5 and five against the spread versus ranked opponents. Kentucky is 5-0-1. Oh, so, right there, Kentucky hasn't lost against the spread versus a ranked opponent. Tennessee is below 500. Isn't that telling you go all in on Kentucky? The game's... But the thing is, Tennessee's hot right now, and it is in Tennessee. But Tennessee's also coming off... Well, no, they did have it, because Tennessee I think this is getting back to your point that you just said. I'm overthinking. Yeah, no, you bet what's hot. Don't bet what's due. Right now, you're thinking volunteers on a hot streak. Wildcats are like doing pretty good. They're due for a big win. Why are they due for a big win? Tennessee's just going to keep rolling. They're a pretty solid team so far. But if you look at this stat, if you look at the numbers, it's telling you you should go Kentucky. Because Kentucky 5-0-1 against the spread. Tennessee below 500. But Tennessee is hot right now. And it's a home game. Do you have anything on the totals for them? No. That's the only stat I have for that game. 
I would. I feel like it's uh, over under sixty two and a half. Um, I feel like I, I think Kentucky's in the over. I can actually look. Tennessee is definitely an over team. I believe. Well, and I feel like Tennessee, yeah, they've been scoring like 40-plus points a game. Yeah, so Tennessee this year is 5-2 and two against the over. Kentucky's 1-6. So yeah, my the- thought process there is if the game was in Kentucky, you bet the under. But since it's in Tennessee, Tennessee's the home crowd. They're 5-2 and two versus the over. Yes, but you need to also think about, and this is what I'm thinking, is... The Kentucky's like that because of who they play and the team that they are. Tennessee, their record is like that against the over because of the team they are and who they play. So I think this is going to be one of those games like in Alabama where they score most of the points, Tennessee does, and then the Kentucky scores a little bit, you know? So like this is maybe one of those where they do win it, but it's because Tennessee scores a bulk of the points. So are you riding with the over right now? I think so. What uh, book are you using? Um, so I'm looking at uh, Caesars on my uh, computer, but I have I'm gonna bet on DraftKings. Okay, DraftKings. I'll I'll do DraftKings with you. I never use DraftKings anymore, but I have like a decent amount of money in it. One of these days we'll get a uh, consolidated. It's sixty three and a half total on DraftKings. So let's ride the over. When does it start? Like one right now. Uh, 4-10, so we got, a, we got a few minutes. Oh, it changed, changed so it's 63 now, so... Oh, South Carolina's gonna lose. Fuck. Spencer Rattler's dead to me. Hmm. Alright, if we have to pick between FanDuel, DraftKings, and Caesars, between the those three, what would you rather pick? If you had to only use one. My God, who's FanDuel? FanDuel? FanDuel, I feel like, has better parlays. Mm-hmm. Every better time I choose... Sometimes. I, they're all, like, varies. Like, there's sometimes, like, regardless of what book I use, like, I try to do, like, a six... Like, an eight-team, seven-leg, like, uh, teaser parlay. And sometimes I put, like, seven legs into it, and then when I do teaser, it only has, like, three or four of them. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, multiple books, and it pisses me off. So I think Caesars is the best when it comes to doing like parlays and teasers, but for some reason, this is just weird gambler juju. Whenever I do same game parlays, I have to do it with DraftKings. I have the best luck. Whenever I put money into DraftKings, I feel like that's the best for same game parlays. Mm-hmm. That's where a majority of my money has been won. But I do like FanDuel a lot. I liked all of them, to be honest. One of my favorites was... Uh, the win sports book because like they just gave away all this free money I had a $250 free bet uh, last season and I hit it it was a three team parlay and I just like instantly took all that money and cashed out Mm -hmm. so haven't used them since I heard they're shutting down though I heard another company is buying them out they weren't able to compete but like I liked Barstool I just don't have money in them liked MGM just don't have money in them anymore yeah it's like none of them were really bad. It's just, you know, we grew up with Pavada and shit like that. So like just having this like where it's an app and you're not just going to the sketchy offshore website. Yep. And then you got to wait a month plus to get your money. Yeah. It's all beautiful now. All right. So anything, any sports stories you want to talk about? Um, 
World Cup's coming up. I'm really excited for that. Soccer's been getting a lot bigger. USA is good. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm just enjoying football. I love having that back. Uh, could give a shit about baseball, but fuck the uh, fuck the Astros. They're cheaters, so go Phillies. Yeah, go Phillies. All in on the Phillies. We're a Phillies podcast. Yep. I'm going back to the World Cup. Who do you like this year? Um, I mean, it's hard not to go with the defending champs uh, in France, but Argentina's been looking really good for the past few years. They're Argentina's with Messi, right? Yeah. From as long as I've been watching like the World Cups and when I can remember, it, Argentina's been good, but they've never been good together. It's one of those teams where they have a lot of good talent. It's just they don't play well together. Mm, it's because they play everywhere. I feel like that's kind of hard for soccer with the World Cup is... These guys are all playing in different leagues, so they don't yeah. have that chemistry together. So that's why France did so well, because those dudes, a lot of them that were young, all played together growing up for a majority of their life. Like, And when they were growing doing yeah. all their stuff in France. So um, I do like Argentina a lot. Germany is also a... Uh, another little sneaker in there because they're always really good mm-hmm. but I feel like it's another a team that's going to emerge is going to be and I mean I'm not 100% in it but um, I feel like like a Holland or a Netherlands uh, Netherlands is always a sleeper team the orange mm-hmm. I like the Netherlands I'm, I'm actually part I'm, I got some Dutch in me a little bit a little bit a little bit um, Dutch a little bit of Dutch um, I was talking to my soccer guy you know him he was telling me Mexico's trash this year. Yeah, no, they suck. Mexico's trash. I don't think they made it in the World Cup. He agreed that France was a good team. Oh, they did make it in the World Cup, sorry. I can't remember. He says something about Germany. I don't remember if he said Germany was going to be good this year or overrated. I feel like Germany's usually good, so he probably said that they're going to be overrated this they're, year. They're not as good as they have been in the okay. past years. So that makes more sense. And he said a sleeper team. The United States. Yeah, United States has been doing really well. They're, I think, going to go decently far. So they're in Group B with England, Iran, and Wales. England's easy, so, right? Yeah, and we beat them, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that we could easily come out of that group on top, which would be a huge deal. And if we lose to Iran, we should just yeah. admit that they won the war. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Can't lose Iran and Wales. Um, the only tough thing, though, is France is in Group D. And if they come out, I mean, it's France, Australia, Denmark, T- uh, Tunisia. I think it'll be France and Denmark. Tunisia? Yeah. Um, I, so Cupcakes. Keep, what I'll say, keep an eye on... Um, not trying to be biased. And I'll throw, I'll throw three teams in there to be a little unbiased. Uh, Uruguay. Keep an eye on them. Um, I think realistically you should keep keep a little eye on Ecuador and South Korea. South okay. Korea's guy, um, uh, I can never say his name right, but Sun is his last name from, uh, he plays for Tottenham. Mm. So, yeah, I think they'll be, usually Korea hasn't been too bad in the past and they made it. The World Cup starts in November, right? Mm. So it's coming up. It's going to be interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna start talking. I got a lot of soccer students this year, so I'm gonna start talking to them and try to find their information. I talked to this one kid, and he once start he like started saying, "Yo, you gotta bet on Mexico." He's Mexican, of course, and uh-huh. I was like, and I was talking to my soccer guy who's also Mexican, 
and he told me that Mexico sucks, and I trust my soccer. Yeah, so fade like, Mexico. So I was like, dude, Mexico. you're wrong. Dude, Mexico's gonna suck, and I started talking all this shit to him. And I'm like, dude, Mexico's trash this year. Acting like I know about the World Cup, I don't know anything, but fade Mexico. And I, did they even make the World Cup? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they made it, but they're not gonna do much. But you know who didn't make the World Cup? Shitty ass Colombia. Yeah, I mean, we fucking suck. Yeah, I mean, you guys are. We no, made it the, the past two World Nobody Cups. even knew you were a country until Pablo. That was years ago. That was like 40 years ago. But exactly. No one knew you were a country. There's been plenty of World Cups since then. We've emerged. And people still wouldn't know that Colombia, where is that? Like England? You're famous because of Pablo. Trumpet sounds right now. Do, 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 do. The narco song. Yeah. Um, okay, so other things... We got Jake Paul, Anderson Silva tonight, and I guess there was reports that came out that uh, Anderson Silva was knocked out two times in training camp, so I guess there was almost like a fear that they were going to cancel the fight, the okay. Arizona commission wasn't going to Here's here, I don't give a fuck. Him. Here's my two cents on this fight. Um, Anderson Silva's old. He's going to make a shit ton of money whether he wins or loses, so he could easily just, you know, He's gonna lose. dive. Um, Jake Paul is making too big of a deal that he's fighting him. This dude's double his age. Mm-hmm. Who you're not doing anything? He, like he had a whole at the the way in whatever. He's like I'm gonna beat his ass, whatever. Yeah, he's an old man. He's an old and man. And he did UFC, not boxing. Yeah, it you need you really need to like actually fight. Yeah. Like I honestly don't believe a lot of people are gonna actually buy this fight. No one's gonna buy this fight. This I don't is, think anyone this buys gonna, this fight. This is his worst fighting matchup that he's no, had. It's entire, boxing. You know? Boxing's a going out of sale. When he signs the contract with like the promotion and all that stuff, it's not. Oh, I don't get a piece of the pay per views. He's signing. He has a fixed rate. I'm fighting. I'm getting paid X amount no matter what. Mm-hmm. So Jake Paul doesn't give a fuck. And the thing is, he really is playing it. I go to back to your point, like he's playing it too much. He's like, oh, I'm about to knock out the greatest striker in UFC history. And it's like, yeah, but you're not knocking him out as he's the greatest striker in the sport. He was 10 years ago. He lost his belt, what, 10 years ago? Hasn't been champion in 10 years. So also he keeps going back like he made that little friendly bet with Silva that whoever wins or whatever they're gonna do a a fund to help UFC fighters make more pay. Ever since he started like doing that, I have not heard a single UFC fighter come out and be like, you know what? We're not He's right. Paid. We get paid like shit. No. Yeah, I know some of them don't get paid great, but they probably get enough like maybe with insurance the stuff yeah. with the UFC headquarters mm-hmm. that they get yeah, that probably they could take advantage of that and then that's like they can save money on training yes. whatever facilities all that kind of stuff and that's the thing is like to play devil's advocate to that it's kind of like the thing with like teaching and stuff is like everyone knows teachers don't make that much money mm-hmm. but then they show you like oh what's your full benefit package and like well, we're putting this much money in your health care, so this might be your salary, but you're also receiving this life insurance, you're receiving these retirement benefits, you're receiving this dental care, your health care, so your actual total package is this amount. And you're just like, well, why don't you just pay me that, that amount, and then I can get my own insurance and stuff. Okay, and then to play devil's advocate, I guess, back with you, um, which I agree, but... Uh, the same thing kind of with women's soccer compared to like men's soccer. Like, yeah, people are saying... They don't bring in that much money. Yeah, that's the thing. So, yes. what what job is there, especially with sports, that they're going to pay you better 
then other jobs, when you haven't done anything for them, you're not bringing them any more money, mm-hmm. and nobody knows who yep. you are. I agree. UFC fighters, I agree. Like, Dana White, he might have said this, but he really hasn't vocally said this. UFC fighters, on average as a whole, are overpaid. There's very few UFC fighters that actually bring in money for the sport or for the company. There's a reason why Connor makes 10 to 20 million a fight. And then there's other guys that they can't, they have 200 Twitter followers and yet they're still getting paid 15,000 a fight. They're not bringing in $2,000 worth of revenue Mm -hmm. and they're getting paid 15,000. So they're outperforming, they're getting paid more than they're actually bringing in. So as a whole, you're saying, yeah, oh, that's sad. They're they're only making fifteen thousand. They're putting their body on the line. It's, yeah, okay. Well, if they were just having a one-off fight, if they just had a one-off fight, and you could buy this fight individually, you go to UFC.com and instead of buying the pay-per-view as a whole, you bought every individual fight. People would only buy the Conor McGregor the championship fights. No one would pay these under and then they would make two dollars. They make maybe two hundred dollars a night. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that they're underpaid. It's like, really, there's just this unbalance, like this imbalance. So you have the Conor McGregor's. Khabib was pretty popular near the end. He fucked it up. He, he could have made so much more money. John Jones had a following. Colby Covington. But there's very few. There's probably less than 20, maybe less than 30 fighters that actually make the UFC money. The rest are just, they're getting more famous because of the UFC brand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say this, like like you said, the NBA versus the WNBA. The only reason the WNBA is still a thing is because the NBA subsidizes it. The NBA pays for it. Nobody goes to those games. Nobody watches it. Just the parents. Do, they, do women have the rights to play professional, professional sports? Should they have the ability? Absolutely. But when it comes down to the economics of it, People think it's easy to say, yes, women should get paid the same as men. But when you look at the money, nobody's watching those games. They don't bring in money. The WNBA loses money. Is the U.S. women's team better than the men's women's team in soccer? Absolutely. They have been for the last 10 years. But does anyone watch it? Why are the ratings? Like, that's that's what still blows my mind. Because I would personally think that the U.S. women's team would make more money than the men's. But when you actually look at the ratings and stuff and then the money they're earning from sponsorships, blows my mind how much more money is funneled to the men. Mm-hmm. It just, no one really cares. Like, they, they don't pull the ratings. They're so much better. The U.S. women's seems fun to watch. Who wants to watch the U.S. men's team in soccer before, like, this couple years? Like, four years ago, let's say. Yeah. But, like, even four years ago, the U.S. men's team was having way more viewers. There's a lot more viewership than the women's team. And the women's team was like the best country in the world when it came to soccer. Yep. But, you know, people want all these businesses. They're not going to fork out all this money if no one's going to watch it. They're not going to buy all those commercial time slots if nobody's going to watch it. They want to advertise in games where people are going to watch it. Mm-hmm. So money talks. Yeah, you need to have a source of the money. And they're like, who's going to give it to you? Exactly. You know? So last uh, new story I have... Um, Carl Anthony Towns called out Anthony Edwards for being fat. He said he needs to stop eating Popeyes. And I thought that was kind of funny and a little racist because I heard cats not even um, black. 
Yeah, that's that's not like fair. making a black joke, calling him uh, saying Anthony Edwards needs to stop being Popeyes. I think Carl uh, Anthony Towns is like Dominican Republic. Yeah. Uh, to be fair though, Carl Anthony Towns is kind of a bitch, and Anthony Edwards is way better than him. Anthony Edwards is my favorite basketball player. Yeah. Ever since he said when he was drafted first overall, he said he would quit basketball if the NFL team would sign him. Huge fan of him. He went to Georgia. He could have probably played on Georgia, the Bulldogs football team. Oh yeah, I love, I love uh, him. So like, dude, let Anthony Edwards eat Popeyes. He says that, and then the very next day, he's like first game, he scored like twelve points. The very next game, he went up for 35 points. Like, Anthony Edwards is a beast. Oh, yeah. And Carl, I mean, again, Carl Anthony Towns has kind of been proven. I think he got pumped by Jimmy Butler. Dominican Republic. So he's a big poppy. Mm-hmm. Stuff. That, that being said, if the um, Suns want to make a deal in January when they're allowed to trade uh, DeAndre Ayton, they want to package him and someone else. And maybe a couple picks for Carl Anthony Towns. I would love that. But until then, Cat, shut the fuck up. Anthony Edwards is the top dog there. Yeah. All right. So before we get into our week eight NFL snake draft, let me just go over some random NFL betting stats. I'll go over the best teams against the spread, the worst teams against the spread, the best teams against the over, and the best teams against the under. Give us a little insight on that. If you had to guess... The top three best over teams. Do you think you would be able to name one of them? What teams are the best against the over? Um, Chiefs? Not the Chiefs. Seahawks? Not the Seahawks. Really? Nope. Fuck. This is, this is crazy. Because you also have to think, a lot of these teams like the Chiefs... They're on a typical week. They're over under. Their points yeah, total is very high, so it's a much harder to hit. So like this is completely random. Giants, not the Giants. Okay, uh, give me two more guesses. Bears, not the Bears. Okay. Um. Titans, not the Titans. I'm lost for words. It's crazy. So number one, the Raiders. The Raiders are 5-1 against the over. So, tied for second, so basically number 2 and 3. They're both 5-2 against the over. The Browns and the Saints. So, the Chiefs, you said the Chiefs, they're 6th against the over. They're tied for 6th. Well, actually, technically, they're tied for 4th. There's 5 or 6 teams tied for 4. All right, so we have the Raiders, number one, the Browns and Saints, two and three, with the over. Who do you think the top teams against the under are? Bills. Bills are number one. Good call. So Bills are the only team in the NFL that that have yet to hit a over. The okay, I mean, yeah, again, that kind of makes sense because their overrunners are probably like 50 very high. Play. They are 5 0 and 1. They've had one push, they're 5 0 and 1 versus the under. They're okay. an under team, they got a good defense this year. You know, Josh Allen puts up points, but a lot of times when Josh the Bills get that early lead, they take him out in the third quarter. Mm. Uh, what about Packers? Packers are not one of the bottom teams. Okay. Um, so there's three teams tied for second. So two, three, and four, same record. 
Packers, by the way, are three and four versus the over. So four and three versus the under. Rams. Not the Rams. One more guess. Um I'll let you keep guessing if you think. No, I don't wanna keep I don't wanna go on too many, too much because there's thirty two and there's only so many we can yeah. pick. Uh this is hard. Last one I'm gonna say Patriots. Not the Patriots. Damn. Yeah. Patriots are actually an over team. They're four and three versus the over. Really? So the top under so number one is the Bills. So these three teams are tied for second, and it will make sense when I say it. The Broncos, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. under machine. The Colts, mm. well, who've played mm. the Broncos this year, so that makes sense. And then the Bucks. So this was, again, these stats aren't updated from the Thursday night game. We're recording on Saturday, so honestly, that Thursday game kind of sucked. So I don't remember. Yeah. I, I feel like that was an over game. Uh, I think it was. I yeah. feel there's garbage points, so maybe Bucks are Bucks aren't one in six against the over or six and one versus the other. There might be six and two, but regardless, they're still near the bottom. But yeah, the under teams. Yeah, so, now that I think about it, absolutely. Yeah, one hundred percent. So top teams against the spread. Um, we've been talking about one of them so you, in the last couple of weeks, so you should know who the. Tied for first. There's two teams tied for one, and then there's a third place team. Against the spread. We talked about riding with them until they lost against the spread. Falcons. Falcons. Falcons are tied yeah. for first. They're six and one against the spread. Coming off their first loss against the spread this week. Um, oh. My one of my favorite teams bet on Giants. Giants are also tied for one. First place, six yep. and one. Yep, haven't let me down. Yep. And then um, third place team. Third place, I want to say. Hmm. 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 I'm. Vikings. Not the Vikings. Okay. Wait, wait. Let me get one more in there. Okay. I had one because you went two for two. You got the first two right. This was my. uh, You have one strike. My consideration. Um, The other team was going to be. This is top team against the spread. Jets. No, they're up there. They're not though. Damn. They're they're up there. So number three is the Bills at four one and one. I feel like that was too easy to pick. That's why I didn't say the Bills. No, the Bills have. The thing about the Bills is. They've had very few games this year, like in the past two years, where they have a close game. Like when the Bills win, they win by a lot. It's like yeah, two touchdowns, and they lose the close games. Mm-hmm. So this year, they obviously have been winning by a lot, but they've also won the close games. So they're four one and one. I think the one loss was against the Dolphins when they lost; they were favored, but they win. So who do you think the worst team? So there's five. There's six teams tied for the bottom against the spread. And it has update. So there probably is a sole... Yes. There's a sole number one after Thursday night. And that will be the Buccaneers. Yeah, I was going to say Bucks is going to be for sure. So there's other teams. So think of the five other teams that Browns. before Thursday. Browns are not included. Wow, good for them. Okay, Rams. Rams are not included. Wow, good for them. It's because they had a bye. Not good for them. They had a bye. Okay. So they didn't so, have the chance to lose. I don't want to be... None of these teams have had a bye. I'll give you that hint. Bears? Nope. 
Uh, one more. Okay. Steelers. No. <laughs> then yeah, I'm. I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. One more, and this is it. Colts. No. Fuck. Okay, I'm done. I don't know. I don't know. So before Thursday, there were six teams tied at two and five against the spread. The Saints. Fuck. The Panthers. The Packers. The Jags. The Bucks. And the Broncos. I was thinking Packers, but then I just, I don't know, I kind of tossed them to the back. Okay. Yeah, you got to think of the teams that were, like, projected to be pretty good, and then they just didn't. Like, the Saints. I feel like, I, I put a future on the Saints to win the Super Bowl before the season started. Oof. Yeah, but I was Oof. thinking, they have Michael Thomas coming back healthy. Oof. They just got Jarvis Landry. They got Chris Olave. Chris Olave is well on his way to win Rookie of the Year. Mm. And then I was thinking, oh, they still got Cam... Uh, Jordan on the defense. They just added Tyron Matthew. I was like, this team is stacked with studs. I'm like, even though they lost their head coach, that just shows how good of a coach Sean Payton is. Because I guarantee if Sean Payton was their coach, they wouldn't be 2-5 and five against the spread. Yeah, but I also, you need a good quarterback, and Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, they're not getting, they're not taking you to a Super Bowl. That's just why I'm the worst when it comes to that, because I like quarterbacks, and I still have faith that Jameis. I know you love him for some I reason. I love Jameis. He's that fun quarterback to watch, but he's not going to take you Jameis, to the Super Bowl. Jameis is part of the five interception club. Yeah, you know I'm a member myself, and he just I love that when he's down by three scores, four scores, like the way I play is like yo, I'm gonna I'm not gonna take a sack. I'm gonna make, try to make a play happen. I'm gonna throw it up, give my wide receivers a chance, and. You know, more times than not, he throws an interception. So that tends to happen. I do want to say, aside from death and taxes, things that are always for sure one hundred percent. You can also take Steph Curry to get twenty or more points, and you can take Jameis Winston to throw at least one interception a game. Mm-hmm. That with the other two, that's those four things always happen in life and will never not happen. Yeah. No. See, honestly, that like reminds me of the greatest bet I made of all time and this was back in the Bavada days when I was a pure degenerate there was one Thursday night game when he was still on the Bucks. I made a bet that Jameis Winston would not throw an interception and the odds were so high because it was like plus 300 plus 300 that he would not throw an interception minus two, like 200 that he would yeah. and I was like dude I like those odds he might not throw an interception. It's a Thursday night game. They're going to try to run the ball, and he didn't throw an interception. All the time, what that might be my favorite bet I've ever made in my life. Oh yeah. And I know, like, I was I was one of the few lucky ones that that'll never happen again. Like, he's always going to throw a pick. So, love that bet. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at turnover underscore sports. Turnover underscore sports. Find us for all the best access. Maybe follow us on the Patreon at turnover sports. You can follow us for maybe a dollar, three dollars. You know, you can find all the best content. You know, it's can't miss stuff. If you want gambling advice, you want gambling statistics, you want spreadsheets, you want all the information that's going to make you a better gambler moving forward, especially a gambler, a responsible responsible gambler follow us at turnover sports all right now back to the show all right so we got our week eight nfl line straight uh snake draft sorry snake draft we get each get one favorite one underdog one over one under so jesse you were four and oh last week so you're back Fuck in first yeah. place on the season so which pick would you like i'm gonna take second pick all right awesome i'm still in second place i'm 13 and 15 on the season 
So I'll take first pick, which leaves Chucky Betts with third pick. All right, so we have this. So we're gonna take a little pause. We're gonna do all these picks and then we're gonna go through them together. All right, we're not all in the same. Me and Jesse are here together. All right, Chucky's AWOL right now. So we'll do the picks and we'll come back together in five. All right, so I got my first pick. I'm gonna go with the under this week. I'm gonna use my under right away. I'm going with the Packers and the Bills. All right, so the thing is, the Bills are double-digit favorites, which we should be against the Packers. The Packers have been awful this year, but what makes me nervous is the Packers have lost three games in a row, which means Aaron Rodgers has lost three games in a row. Do you personally think Aaron Rodgers is physically able to lose four games in a row? Yeah. I'm happy you said that because I really hope I want the Bills to win. But that makes me nervous. I don't like... If this game was a Sunday night game and we're playing against Joe Burrow, we're playing against Justin Fields, any other quarterback, I bet, oh, Bills are easily going to cover by double digits. But it's Aaron Rodgers. I just Something about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, I like... I can't bet against them for too long. And the fact that they lost three games in a row, I just, it makes me nervous. I don't want to bet on the Bills against the spread because I just, it's hard for me to think he's going to lose four games in a row. So the way I think of the Bills, or Aaron Rodgers, he might have a chance to win this game. You know, just the fact that he's lost three games in a row. But if he does win, I don't think it's going to be a shoot. Our defense has been tough this year. The Packers have a really tough defense. The Bills are coming off a bye. Bills are notoriously known for being slow coming off a bye. You know, it takes us a while to get back. Oh, we're playing football. It takes us a half. They're like, oh, yeah, we're playing football again. We're not just on the couch. So I feel like this is a great bet. I feel like the under, I, I really, I love the, I don't think the Bills are going to cover this game. I think the Bills are going to win, but I think it's going to be one of those close games. I mean, Aaron Rodgers did beat Josh Allen this summer in the little golf tournament. So Josh Allen, or actually Aaron Rodgers in his career is technically 2-0 versus Josh Allen. So Josh is due for a win. Do I think Josh is going to win enough and dominate enough to cover? I'm not quite sure. Bills are 5-0-1 against the under. I feel like this might be a safe under. I feel like the Bills might win this game 24-20. It's going to be a very close game. I think both defenses are good enough, but this game just makes me nervous as a Bills fan. And it's just throughout my whole life being told, oh, the Bills made it to four Super Bowls and you weren't able to pull it off. And then my whole life watching the Bills, they just, you know, they were a disappointment. So I just always, like, I'm traumatized when it comes to the Bills. Like, I, I still don't believe that we're, like, one of the best teams and a Super Bowl favorite. It's still, like, it hasn't resonated with me. So, I'm nervous about this game. I'm very nervous. So, if I want to, like, say the Bills are still going to win, I don't know we're going to cover, but I feel like we can hit the under and still win. All right, so I'm going to read you this. Remember the argument you had earlier where uh, you do better when you bet what's hot, not what is due? Yes. You think Aaron Rodgers is due for a win. Yes. Now, yes, I can agree with you that it's Aaron Rodgers. He might pick your defense apart. But you need to also realize that you're coming off a bye. And whatever Aaron Rodgers on offense does does not affect what 
Josh Allen and the Bills do on offense. Yes. So, yeah, your defense may get picked apart by Aaron Rodgers, but you guys can very well score points and keep up. And then that momentum might shift to your defense, and then the play might happen. Things may change. Yes, there is a chance you guys could lose because that's Aaron Rodgers. I get it. But at the same time, he's an old man. You saw what happened with Brady. Now, you can't say those are two of the same people. Very different. Aaron Rodgers, he's... You know, dating 23-year-olds. He's single, doing mushrooms and ayahuasca. Tom Brady is eating fucking his bitch ass out of avocado ice cream and getting divorced. Yeah, very different people. But I'm, I like the under in this. I also like the Bills. I like the Bills' points. 11, I think, is the updated. We had 11 and a half earlier in the week. I think the I don't mind taking the Bills on this. Uh, Points-wise, money line, if you're not comfortable, I would take the under. Because realistically... Aside from Aaron Jones, the Packers really aren't making a... Mm-hmm. In, a they really would rely on Sammy being very Hawkins, efficient on yeah. offense. They have to be efficient yes. on offense, getting first downs, driving the field. They're yes. not going to have a 30, 40, 50-yard play that's going to get them chunk plays down the field to score some points. Yes. So i take the under on that. I know. That's that's just where like the trauma... Like, me being traumatized comes into play. Because yeah. everything indicates the Bills are going to win by 30. Like, our run defense has been solid. That's all they have. Like, what's his name? Uh, Alan Lazard? Yeah. Out. They have Sammy Watkins coming off injury. Sammy Watkins hasn't been good since he was on the Bills. So, everything is telling you that the Bills, it just, I still haven't got gotten over that hump that the Bills aren't this 7-9 and nine team every single year. It just, I'm still, it's been, it's been a rough life, you know, for me. I didn't get to experience those four Super Bowls. It's been... Not make the playoffs. Not make the playoffs. Draft EJ Manuel. Who the hell is EJ Manuel? Like it's been it's been rough. So I'm still nervous and just seeing Aaron Rodgers on a Sunday night football game. Packers are one of those teams that just look better in prime time. Like they have the colors, they look great in prime time. Makes me nervous. So I have faith in the Bills. I think the Bills are gonna win. But I like the under. I agree with you. Well, that kind of makes it easy for me because I already know what I'm going to pick. My, I'm going. I have a second pick. I'm going uh, Bears Cowboys under forty two and a half, and here's why: the Bears are number one in rush offense. They have twelve hundred and sixty seven yards and offense, uh, and ru- you know rushing yards. Uh, they have, if I'm not mistaken, a thousand forty eight passing yards. Justin Fields is seventy six for one thirty six. Five touchdowns, six interceptions. They do not pass the ball. They That's like run the ball. For Josh. Yeah. They run the ball. Now, if you're going to the, go to the Cowboys, don't have as many in-depth stats, but Dak is coming back off of injury, so who knows how much passing he's going to do. Zeke's likely to play, but also unlikely. Tony Pollard's a beast, so their run game is going to be probably a bit stronger than their off than their pass game. Clock's going to tick. I don't think the Bears are going to score a ton of points. They're coming off of an emotional high win last week. Mm-hmm. So, do Cowboy- let down. Yeah, and Cowboys playing at home. It's Jerry World. Give Tony Pollard the ball. Uh, what's his name? C.D. Lamb the ball. I really, this is not going to be a very high scoring game. I see the Cowboys' final score maybe like 24 to 13, something like that, maybe. I mean, I could easily see the Bears kicking three field goals, getting nine, maybe four field goals, 12 points. I don't see them getting in the end zone. I like that. I like the under two. Uh, every single point you made, I agree with. 
The only thing that would possibly make me nervous about this game is like Justin Fields on like a pick six or a fumble, but you know, you can't take that to an account when you're betting. You gotta bet on teams versus teams. I don't think this is an over game. No, not at all. Chicago, they played the game of the year last week. They won. I don't think they're going to do that two weeks in a row. And the Cowboys, are the Cowboys that good? I don't know. I I mean, they're not bad by any means. They're not bad, but... It's still kind of up in the air. I think we don't have enough full proof that... Zeke's the guy still after being a little bit old, a little bit big. He's not as fast as he used to be. Is Dak really the guy? Kind of looks like it because Cooper Rush really wasn't as efficient. But I don't know. They're still they're one of those teams. They might win if they make it to the playoffs, which I think they could. They're gonna win the first round, and I think that's pretty much about it. That's I, a that's a that's basically a Super Bowl for them if they win the first round. I can't. I disagree. I think that's a letdown because I think they made. They made the playoffs, if I remember, once with Zeke and Dak. They had a first-round bye, and then they lost. lost right. I don't think they won a playoff game. They I don't ha- think no, Dak no, they made won. it. They haven't won it yet. Exactly. Yeah. So it could be, but at the same time, it's also like you're. they're expected to win at this point. I think the way Jerry makes their team come out, I know we have our opinions, yeah. but I think the overall opinion is, and the way Super we watch Bowl them. Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, I mean, they're not a bad team at all. They get points down. They're good on defense, good on special teams. They're just not it. They just don't have that final puzzle piece to put it together. Which is shocking, too, when you look at them. But I... Like, they... Like, when you look at their... They have weapons on the offensive line. They obviously have the weapons on the offense with CD. Like, even their tight end is, like, a stud. So, they have the weapons. Dak, before he got hurt two years ago, was throwing, like, 450 yards a game. So, he's a stud. But, yeah, it's just something about them. Also, last point before we go, um, I think that you can't be a successful football team when your owner is also the GM. Bill Belichick, coach and GM. That works better than owner and GM. That being said, Champagne's not going to the Cowboys. Champagne's going to the Chargers. Yeah, and a stat to back up your play is, well, not really your play, just about the Cowboys in general. Home favorites are seven fifteen and one against the spread in the last uh, since the start of last year in games ref by Sean Hockley. So Sean Hockley loves road favorites or road underdogs. That is. Hmm. All right, so Chucky's bet he picked Miami minus three and a half, and this just brought back to childhood memories of. When he was in middle school and he was playing football, kids used to call him Mushroom Head because he was a lot smaller than the other kids, if you know what I mean. That being said, that being said, I'm not saying anything, but that being said, you have the tiny little twink and Mike McDaniel playing against a big giant bear in uh, Dan Campbell. So he's not really a big fan of Dan Campbell. So he said he's going with Mike McDaniel. He's going with the Dolphins minus three and a half. So that's his play. Any thoughts on this game, Jesse? Um, I I'm pretty sure I picked Miami. If I am not mistaken, yeah, I picked Miami minus three and a half. I think with Tua on offense, Mike McDaniel's a good, solid coach. I think they can get it back together, especially because this is the second week with Tua back. Yeah. So I think they kind of get things back on track like they were before the uh, whole you know, finger situation, the whole gang sign. But 
Dolphins, or I mean the Lions, I want to like them. You watch them in Hard Knocks. You, you love Dan Campbell. They just, frankly, and everyone can agree with me, pay Calvin Johnson. Give Pay him his money he is owed and release the curse. And you guys will be fine. That's literally it. You guys are never going to be good until that point. You had your chance. You had your chance to be good. You fucked it up because you didn't pay the best person you've ever had come through your franchise. I don't give a fuck who Barry Sanders is. Megatron is the best. Pay that man his money and move on. You guys could be a team. They could. We're on the verge of moving to London. You and Jacksonville are going to London soon. I'm sorry. One of you are. Well, I think the both of, of them. Are. You need two. It'll be a rivalry over yeah. there. You know, throw one in Birmingham. Whatever. Yeah, one in wherever the Peaky Blinders is. Yeah. Exactly. London and Birmingham. Yeah. Um, the only thing that might make you motivated to bet against Chucky in this game, so bet for the Dolphins, is Alex Kemp is the ref, and underdogs are 8-2 against the spread in the last 10 games refed by Alex Kemp. Um, also, real quick, the Dolphins are second in passing offense with uh, 1,971 yards. Really? So, yeah, I would definitely... And Shocking. I don't, I don't know that the, uh, I don't know the Lions' uh, passing defense, but... Um, yeah, I would definitely take... Lions are the worst defense of all time. Yeah. Um, actually, give me one second. I will have it for you right here. Um, Detroit's 22nd in passing offense. So, right? Or passing defense. Like, be a great bounce... Well, they're not bounce back. They won last week for the Steelers in prime time. Yeah. All right, so Chucky's second pick. Uh, the Rams plus .5. So it's close to a pick'em game, you know. Rams are at home, so they got the three points. So. To be fair, he had the Rams before the line kind of changed. We're doing this on Saturday because you know circumstances. Chucky's not here. I really think the, I mean, what he kind of hinted at. The reason he picked the Rams is he loves Sean McVay. He idolizes him. I think he has a boy crush on him. He dyed his hair blonde to be like Sean McVay. That's his Halloween costume, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, I think, and I truly believe he believes this is the one time Sean McVay is going to change that whole stat where uh, the Shanahan own McVay. Owns him. This is going to be the one game. The Rams are at home, but I mean. Matt Stafford's kind of been playing like shit. They it looks like they're missing OBJ. Mm-hmm. So that being said, Maybe I it's mean a reunion. So. Me personally, I'm taking 49ers minus one and a half. They added a Christian McCaffrey. Their run game is insane. Debo's healthy. Garoppolo's healthy. Their defense is healthy. I'm I'm just sticking with 49ers. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm all 49ers on this game. I, I just not even the fact that they have CMC now. It's just Shanahan has this number. Shanahan has McVay's number, so I agree with you. All right, your second pick? Second pick, um, I have an under. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with an over. I'm going to go Panthers-Falcons over 41. Um, And I'm... Realistically, the the main reason I'm picking that... Panthers are kind of that team now where they have... They really have nothing to play for. They're just some dudes getting paid to play football. Yeah, there's there's no goal for, for them. The future. Yeah, they're literally just playing for a paycheck every week and playing to have fun. And the Falcons, besides Marcus Mariota and Cordell Patterson being on injured reserve, 
I could not tell you a single person on that team. Which is I don't watch them. And they... They're six and one against the spread. They score point. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they've scored over 20 points every single game they've played. Yeah, they're in. What the fuck is this team? And I think technically the winner of this game will be in first place in the NFC South. Um, I will tell you right now, Panthers have the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers. If that's if that's right, then yeah, you're correct because Panthers are uh, Falcons are three and four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Panthers are two and five. I don't know what the uh, division, you know, it's break is. Five. If you're right, then yeah, then that, that's it. Panthers have the tiebreaker over the Bucks, so the winner of this, if the Buck, if the Panthers win, they're technically in first place in the division. And I know you could say the Panthers beating the Bucks, they beat old Tom Brady going through a divorce. I get it, but you also need to realize that who who is on that offense beat that defense. That the Buccaneers had. That's a solid defense. That's a yeah. That is you. I th- that you know. Like I understand they lost some people. Todd Bowles may not be directly overseeing the entire defense mm-hmm. now that he's head coach, yeah. but that's still a phenomenal defense. And they put up twenty one against them. But I think it's more so is is the Panthers' defense underrated? I mean, they very well could be. So I want to give you some stats that are insane. So since the start of the 2020 season, underdogs are 26 and 11 in 11 against the spread in games ref by Sean Hockley. Who's the underdog in this game? The Panthers. Road underdogs in that time span are 17 and 5 against the spread. Sean Hockley loves road underdogs. Another stat. Sean Hockley, he's a family man. He's not happy to be home during the 1 p.m. games. As a head referee, home teams are 12, 24, and 1 against the spread. He hates home teams against those 1 o'clock games. And home favorites in those games are 7, 15, and 1. So if you're just, if you're following turnover sports, you're betting with the refs, all that indicates put your money on the Panthers this week. How insane would that be if the Panthers win this game and they're number one in the NFC South at the end of this week? That'd be insane. How insane would that be? Excuse me. No, I, I mean, I am I have this week Panthers plus four and a half. I also have the, uh, like I said, over in this game. I'm... Yeah. They're a fun team, I think, right now. And I think Walker's fun to watch. There's nothing better than a team who who can play carefree. Yes. The carefree, all these guys are playing for the future. Everyone that knows that if you're a starter on the Panthers offense right now, you know you're not a starter on that team come next year. You're playing for the next contract. So you've got to... Stand out. You got a ball out. Biggest example is the Commanders with uh, Heineke. Yes. You watch how they play with Wentz versus how they play with Heineke. It's two different teams. Exactly. They don't. And I heard they don't like Wentz. It's like fucking Russell Wilson. They don't like yeah, that dude. Nobody wants to play. Yeah. I'll shout it out. Jackman, play with you. Love you, dude. Loved Mickey as my quarterback more. Played harder for him as my quarterback. Not gonna lie. Post and Butte versus fucking Chaparral. I, you know, hey, I'll say it. Don't use Chaparral as an example, but it is what it is. But speaking of Russell Wilson, that leads to my next pick. I I feel like I have to go with Denver plus two and a half just because I've been fading Denver a lot this year and it's been working out. And like we've said earlier, I like to overthink this. I just feel like Denver needs to win this game. 
you know, their coach, their Walton, not the coach, the owners, the Walton just had their, they said that we have faith in our coach. He's going to turn things around. We're going to give him time. We're not just going to do one and done. Even though Nathaniel Hackett's a horrible coach. I've been saying this for since 2014, you know, since he's been the OC of the Bills. I just feel like Russell Wilson, he need. How long can Russell Wilson go throughout a season playing like absolute dog shit? Like he was one of the best quarterbacks in 2020. He started the with Seahawks, what, 6 0, 7 0? He was the last winning team in 2020. Like Russell Wilson fought three years ago, not even two, two, three years ago, was considered a top three quarterback in the NFL. You used to have that argument. You used I, to have that debate. I used was to it love Patrick Russell Wilson. Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. You used to say Russell Wilson was the best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Until this year. How long can he continue being garbage? Is it going to continue through the whole year, or is he going to turn things around? And if it was, if there was a game for him to turn things around, it's got to be the Jackson Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Um, I think money only gets you so far. And I think, again, what we just said, this is a case of nobody likes him. Nobody cares for him. Nobody wants to play for him. I don't care if you're paying me $15 million or $5. If I did not like the person giving me the ball... I don't play as hard. Yeah. You know? And, like, you watch the defense. Defense has nothing to do with like. They watch this dude doing high knees on the plane on British Airways, you know? Like, what is that? Nobody wants that. All right, so to start off the third round, my pick is going to be the Raiders minus one and a half. In this game, it was a coin toss for me, so I started looking at the stats, I started looking at the data, and there was two stats that stood out to me. So road teams are 33-19-2 against the spread in games refed by Scott Novak. In this case, Raiders are the road team. And in games that Scott Novak is refing in a dome, in a dome specifically, the home team is 6-13-1 against the spread and 5-14-1 and straight up. So the numbers are telling you, go Raiders in this game. Other than that is just looking at this game, apparently Jameis Winston is fully healthy. He's ready to go, and yet they're still going with Andy Dalton. I'm a Jameis Winston guy myself. I find that appalling. I'm going all in on the Raiders this week. I don't like that. You have a healthy Jameis Winston. He likes he lets it rip. They might have they might have Michael Thomas. Who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of iffy on their coach. Kind of iffy on their coach. I like the Raiders. I do too. I have the Raiders as my pick for this week as well. Um, that being said, you should pick the Raiders. You should bet the Raiders, and I'm going to tell you why you should do that. Um, Devontae Adams. What did he do against the Chiefs? What happened in that game? Can you remind me? I don't remember, to be honest. Um, he did score two touchdowns. He Ooh. had three catches for 124 yards. But Ooh. he also shoved an innocent guy, an innocent bystander, Facts. to the ground. That, that was his last game, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he did have a game against the Texans. He had eight catches for 95 yards. Didn't really do a whole lot. But that being said, he's now being sued. So he's... Piss off. He's mad and he's going to lose a little bit of money. So, 
he's on a revenge tour because he needs to have like a three touchdown game. He needs to get like 10 catches, 150 yards to make, get an extra bonus check at the end of the year to, you know, hit those stats to pay for this whole fiasco that he had. Yeah. So I would definitely bet Devonte Adams and the Raiders minus one and a half. Um, also, I mean, fuck it. Going against your argument that I've been on the entire time. Yeah, they won against the Texans. I think Derek Carr and the Raiders are due for another win. They're a pretty solid team. Josh McDaniels is a good coach, knows what he's doing. They, they need to start putting it together. Their offense, defense, they have skill and talent. Yes. They just all they, over the field. They just got to, you know, combine it together. They just got to, you know, peanut butter and jelly it. Facts. Um, my pick, I'm going to go. I have my underdog and uh, favorite left. I'm going to go Commanders plus three against the Colts. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, reasons that I said earlier. Heineke is a dog. Heineke will... He, Heineke beat the Packers. I watched that game. They Packers had plenty of chances to win that game. Commanders took it away. Heineke, when he got the ball, just said, Nah, I'm not giving it up. I'm not going to give you guys the ball and pump back. No, I'm going to drive that fucking field and waste time. and make it harder for you. Uh, Colts also huge on them earlier this year. Hot garbage, and they suck. Yes. But... They're starting a new quarterback this they week. Are, that is true. Out of, if I'm not mistaken, Sean Ellinger out of Texas? Texas. Yep. So... Longhorn. This is one of those games where it's like, okay, I like Heineke because they're playing good, but then is there going to be like a newfound energy from the Colts? You know, is... um, What's the receiver's name for the Colts? Uh, Young dude. Uh, Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. Is he going to finally go off and have a day that he's, you know... I don't know. I, 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 I'm I with you. And then the thing is, what I'm thinking is, Sam Ellinger, could he do all right? Maybe. But the thing is, with Ron, Rever- Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera is a two-time coach of the year. He's won coach of the year two times. He's coaching for his job this year, and he knows that. Do you think a two-time coach of the year that's coaching for their job is going to lose to a rookie quarterback that's starting his first career game? He also beat cancer. He beat cancer. He beat and the so fuck yeah, out of cancer. I agree with you. Yeah, he is not going to let I'm that all shit in. happen. I'm all in on the commanders. All in on the commies. Yep. All right, so Chucky's pick, his third-round pick, he went with the under and the Giants and Seahawks. And there's kind of like miscommunication, but like it seemed like his only reason for this game was uh, last week when he was working with kids. So not working with the Giants, he's working with the little kids. Uh, he was on the playground and he got shit on by a bird. Well, and he said that's good luck. The miscommunication, we were FaceTiming him, he was busy, and we were trying to get his picks, and it just cut out, and all we heard was, shit on, under a bird, don't know, giant bird, so we just figured, Yeah. I mean, yeah, under, he, shit on, who knows? He was under a bird, and he thought it was good luck, so he's saying under 44 He's slowly falling behind 12, 15, and 1 in this, so yeah, he's just, you know, shit under a bird, giant, a giant bird, who knows, we just put it together, that's what we got, you know, Da Vinci Code. Under 44 and a half, do you have any thoughts on this game? Um, sorry mom, 
Seahawks may be good, but I am sticking with the Giants. They have not yeah. let me down all season. I don't care if they lose. I'll pick them again next week. Yeah. Brian Dable's a good coach. Great coach. Um, I will say, though, this is the one set that worries me. Giants um, are second in the league in rushing yards with 1,214 yards. Um, Daniel Jones, 126 for 189 for 1,223 yards. Six touchdowns, two interceptions. Yes. They don't really do anything on offense passing-wise. It's really around Saquon and Daniels running the ball. That also another thing, death and taxes. Daniel Jones rushing over, no matter yeah, what it honestly, is, he's always taking his rushing over. As long almost, as Dayball's the coach, yeah, it's it's insane. It hits almost every time. That motherfucker the runs. The same for, thing is like I have to go against you on this. Is me just overthinking it? Is uh, the Giants are what five and one or six and one? Six and one. Before the season, gun to your head, is there any chance you think that the Giants would be 7-1? and one? You'd kill yourself. You'd be like, no. I bet my life. It's so hard. I love uh-huh. Brian Dable. Brian Dable, 100%. He could lose out. He's still coach of the year. What he's under the Giants organization, he's changed that around. They have no cap space. They've only started like 51. They've only dressed. You know you're allowed to dress? Oh, so you have 53 players on your roster you dress like 48 they only have like 51 players on their roster because they're in cap space hell like they have no cap space so they can't sign anyone so they're using what they have and the fact that he is 6-1 and one at this point astonishing coach of the year fantastic but like the fact that I'm still thinking Daniel Jones is 7-1 and one, the Giants 7-1 and one. I can't think it but like what goes against that is like, do I think the Seahawks would be five and three at this point? No. Oh, so this game's. I don't know. I don't know. If I had to put money on it, I think I would go Seahawks. But I want to stay away this game. Don't hate you for your pick. Don't love it. I don't like this game, and this game makes my insides crawl just because it's like it makes no sense. The Seahawks should not be five and three after this game. The Giants should not be seven and one. This yeah. might be a draw. I might sprinkle money on a draw this week. Fuck it. I also kind of like the over. I'm not a big fan of the under. I feel like both of these teams are going to put up some points. Yes, agreed. I think they're both overrated defense. Sure. Yeah. Well, going into Chucky's last pick, uh, he has Cardinals-Vikings over 49. Um, What was his reasoning behind this one again? Yeah, it's not about like Ikea or something. Oh, that's right. So the the same bully he had in middle school followed him. He he went to Ikea with his family one time, and then he somehow saw the same bully. I don't... I mean, Ikea is a big place. They have that section where all like you have your kitchen, your bathroom, your bedroom area. He got separated looking at some Legos for a bunk bed, and then all of a sudden, the next thing he knew, he's stuck in the dresser. Got so it. that's right. And But he was Swedish, I think, was the kid. He didn't speak English, was the bully. That's why he was at Ikea. I think his family was like, you know... So he's over Home it. goods, yeah. He's just over it. Yeah, he was just over that shit, and I think that he, you know... I mean, birds fly higher than giants, so I think that was kind of his reasoning with that. Got but it. Got in it. my humble opinion, this is the first... This is kind of history. I think this is the first time in about two years I'm picking in my picks against the Cardinals. And I'm doing this for the sole reason that if I pick against them and they lose, 
my my pick wins, and I do good for the betting record. And if it doesn't, and I lose my betting record, but the Cardinals win, I'm happy because the Cardinals win. Win win. It's a win win. It's a, it's a it's a double handled sword. No edges. No sharp. No sharp sides. Um, that being said, this is a game. As a true Cardinal fan, I'm stuck because the Vikings are a solid team. Patrick Peterson revenge game. But we also have the second week with uh, Robbie Anderson getting more comfortable in our offense. Second week with Hopkins getting back more comfortable with our offense. Coming off of a good, solid win with our basically full team back last week. Yeah. It's it's just tough. And I don't think Cliff has the wherewithal to be a good coach to get us together to overcome a team that has this good of a rushing offense. Dalvin Cook has been on fire this year. See, my only point on this game is I'm trying to think back to last year when the Cardinals started 10-0, and 0, what, and this year they started like 2-4 and 4 or something like that, right? What was the common denominator? DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins was with them last year. They started off like 8-0, 10-0, whatever it was. They didn't have them this year. He's 2-4. DeAndre Hopkins comes back last week. What did they do? Dominated the Saints. I'm all in on Hopkins, you know, throwing the hops. I kind of like the Cardinals. Uh, I'm going with the Cardinals this week. On the road, you know, as Patrick Peterson, I don't think when it comes to defensive players, revenge games exist. So people could say it's a Patrick Peterson revenge game. No one cares about defense. It's an offensive league. It's when quarterbacks leave. You care about revenge games. So no one cares that that it's a Patrick Peterson revenge game. I think that Arizona's going to come in. They have DeAndre Hopkins. You know Patrick Peterson's not going to cover. He's not going to lock down DeAndre Hopkins. He is old, yeah. Um, I kind of like the Cardinals. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I will say, if this is a game where our defense can keep us in the game and our offense doesn't do shit, we're, we're really going to need... People are going to need to think that Cliff needs to be fired because, or at least hand over the reins as pa- uh, play caller because uh, Vance Joseph pretty solid with our defense yeah. for who we have and what we've been able to do and if you have these weapons and you can't put shit together I mean I'm still a big proponent I, I think we should get rid of Kyman Cliff yeah. I know that's not going to happen I but agree. I think that this is going to be a wake up call for some people in the media to realize that hey maybe there is something wrong with Cliff I also Cliff. feel like it's that point like if you have to get to the point where Cliff has to give up play calling duties you just need to fire him on the spot. Absolutely. I feel like that was the only reason you hired him yep. was for being an offensive-minded guru. He's going to call great plays for a young quarterback. They're going to mesh well, and they're going to be able to succeed. So if Cliff Kingsbury, who notoriously didn't succeed at Texas Tech, you think he's going to come in and give up play calling and just as a leader, the face of the franchise, is going to lead them to the playoffs and to a Super Bowl glory? You're insane. So, yeah, I feel like... Cliff is on the hot seat. This is rough. It's rough. All right, what's your last pick? Uh, last pick. It's easy, but it's not easy. I'm going to keep it rolling, keep it hot. Eagles minus 11 against the Steelers. Eagles coming off of a bye this week. Steelers just played. They lost 10 to 16 against the Dolphins. Um... I think, if I'm not mistaken, Najee Harris had his best game again this year so far. He had 65 yards. <laughs> um, so sorry, he had 74 against the Jets. Wow, even better. Um, 
the Eagles are hot. Eagles are rolling. Nick Sirianni is yeah. Nick Sirianni is here to prove a point. Um, like I said, less less thinky, more more athlete Dewey is if I'm not mistaken his quote. That's what it is right there. Athletes, dudes who love to play football, they love their coach. You saw their coach talking shit against. Um, was it uh, uh for the Cowboys? Big fat boy. Oh, uh, Mac- Mike McCarthy. Yeah, he was talking shit across the field to Mike McCarthy, and then you see uh, Fletcher Cox behind him, like, oh damn, that's my coach. Like, fuck yeah, I love that. You know, Steelers suck. They're hot garbage. Najee Harris sucks. Embarrassment to call himself an Alabama running back. They are nothing without T.J. Watt, which is surprising that a defensive end is really that effective as for your defense. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick is really like their only source of anything on defense, but yeah, I mean Eagles uh, Justin or uh, fuck, what's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, yeah, the only thing about this game that makes me like like nervous and worried is like, I still think Mike Tomlin's a great coach and just the fact that like when it comes to great coaches seeing them as double digit underdogs against I mean, essentially unproven head coaches. That makes me nervous. Like, the Eagles should be ranked number one in the league this year. They're the last undefeated team. They've been playing great. Justin Field, Justin uh, Hurt. Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. That's Jesus. what I was just having trouble with. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback. Yeah. I just had a stroke. We got it. Jalen Hurts has been playing fantastic this year. They have two studs at wide receiver and A.J. Brown. And Devontae Smith. Yep. Plus, they have Dallas Goddard. They got Miles Sanders. Like, they are stacked on both sides of the ball. Like, they are absolutely the favorite in the NFC. I but will still, say... Like, sorry, go ahead. But still, just Mike Tomlin as a double-digit underdog. Like, he was just a double-digit underdog, and he lost against the Bills, but he beat the Buccaneers. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts has only had one game with under 200 yards passing this season, and that's against Dallas. And if I'm not mistaken, they still won. He had two passing touchdowns. He's very efficient on the ground. There hasn't been a game Jalen Hurts himself hasn't put a ball in the end zone passing or rushing. He has scored himself every single game this season, at least minimum one time. And T.J. Watt is not active this week. There's hopes that he would be, but he's going to be inactive, so... You know, I don't... I, the only stat I have for this game is since the start of the 2020 season, the over is 24-15 and 15 in games ref by Cleet Blakeman. But even that 24-15, and 15, do I see this as an over? Not really. Not really. I don't, I'm not... Kenny Pickett is... You know Darius Slay is going to pick off Kenny Pickett. If you want to put some bets on a... Like, you want to put a little bit... Throw a little bit on a prop bet, Darius Slay interception... I like that. I could go behind that. I, I don't like this game. Do Am I confident? Am I going to bet the Eagles minus 11? No. But am I going to bet the Steelers plus 11? No. I just... Steal, or the Eagles are the alpha in PA. They will win this game. I can see them winning by 20, but I can also see them winning by 3. And I can also see the Steelers winning by maybe a field goal. There's one of those, yeah, just it's one of those games I'm gonna stay away from. I don't know. I like it because it's Eagles at home coming off of a bye. Yeah, and this I I, I had the that. appreciation for Mike Tomlin and his coaching at the beginning of the season, but their team can't put it together. Kenny Pickett, keep him starting the rest of the season. 
he needs to learn how to win and lose games. Yes. And I think that's the, this no is the best what, way for him to learn. better never lose. Like, he's going to be the starter every single game. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, my last game. So, having the last pick, I don't really have all these options. I have, you know, the Texans versus the Titans. I have the Bengals versus the Browns. And I have the Patriots versus the Jets. And I need it over. So, I'm not really confident with any of these games. My mindset here is I'm going with the Jets and Patriots because, you know, they have, the Jets have that motherfucker in Zach Wilson. Hopefully he puts up points. I don't see it because the Patriots just dominate young quarterbacks. But there's also hope that maybe the Jets, you know, their pass rush gets to Mac Jones and they put in Bailey Zappi. And, you know, Zappi makes me happy. Might sling it a little bit. Over... <laughs> The over's at 40, you know, 2020. I see this being 21-20 game. Why not? Go with the over. I don't like the over in any of the other games. Life's too short to bet the over, and yeah, I like the uh, I like the Jets in this, actually, just a little bit. I don't think the Patriots are really the team that we need to worry about like we used to kind of think they were with coaching and everything. They're still not bad. But the Jets are kind of like the Commanders, where they're a team with, like, nothing to really play for, nothing to lose. So they're just playing, you know? They're letting the rookies play. They're just having fun out there playing football. Salah, I don't think, is really in immediate danger to lose his job. So I think he can afford to lose a few games with these yeah. young players and still, you know, try to keep building that culture. Um, as for the over 40 in this, I actually like it a lot. Just I mean, five and two. Yeah. That's insane. And you never know. Mac Jones could play, has a shitty start, and then they put in Zappy and some points get scored. You never know. Yeah. All right, so the games we didn't get to, we had the Titans versus Texans. So uh, it just came out that the Titans' Matt Tannehill is sick. So they're going to go with the rookie Malik uh, Willis. So it's going to be Malik Willis versus the Neck in Davis Mills Mafia so that game's in Houston uh, that's going to be one of those games on Red Zone where it's just you know you're going to forget it happened like, unless you have Derrick Henry on your fantasy team you're not going to be paying attention to this team if you have Brandon Cooks let's be honest you're not starting Brandon Cooks on any of your fantasy team you're just stashing him on his bench so this game's really irrelevant so you know, I'm happy if you're in Houston or you're in, uh, in Tennessee. You might want to watch this game. You're probably not. You probably have the Red Zone channel. And you're going to watch any other game. But, you know, this game's going to go on. So, I don't like it. Any thoughts on Tennessee versus Houston? So, before I knew Tannehill was out, I was big on Tennessee. Yes. Same. Um, I had Titans minus two. I don't know what the line is now with them changing. I'm not going to lie. I'm still big on Titans minus two because... I don't think Tannehill is that big of a part of their offense. I think Malik Willis, what we saw in the preseason, was pretty solid. And they have Derrick Henry. They have a solid ground game that can help carry the passing game. And if they can get that going, and I think if Malik Willis can make a few plays, then they're going to have to, they're going to be forced to play off the, the run and the pass. It's going to be hard to do both. I think they're still going to have success. But if they do lose, good for the fucking Texans. Yeah. Great. For, in in great my for. argument, they should again Bobby be Smith. a team like the uh, the Jets and the Commanders that have nothing to play for, nothing to lose. Yeah. But they just aren't like putting it together. They don't really have. I honestly couldn't tell you anybody besides Brandon Cooks yeah. that's on their team. 
See, the Texans still blow my mind that they fired. Like, I mean, we, we talked about this last year that, um, do you remember, remember what the name of the Texans coach was last year? Hmm. Wasn't it, um, some, something Wilkins? He was the coach of the Cardinals? No, Steve, Steve, Wilkins Steve, Wilkes? Is now, Steve Wilkes is now the interim head coach at the Panthers. Okay. Then, yeah, I don't know. Because that exactly. was the, he was the coach before that he coach then. He was the coach in the Texans. Like, no one knows. It was David Colby. And the fact that I remembered that, I'm, like, high five to my brain for remembering that. Oh, no, yeah, I remember because that was, they were like, they it was like a pat on the back, like, good job with this season, you with everything you dealt with. You went or whatever. Yeah. And they fired him, and they hired Lovey Smith. So it's like, you replace, like... Uh, what was it in South Park? You replace a turd sandwich for a fucking douche. Yeah, you replace a Lovey Smith with a Lovey Smith. Exactly. So it's like, okay. So Texans, who knows what they're doing? I think they're just trying to hold out for like a big name coach. I don't know. But it is what it is. So the last game we didn't talk on, the Monday night matchup between the Bengals and the Browns. Teams of Orange on Halloween. Spooky night. Uh, I loved the Bengals earlier this week, but when it just came out that Jamar Chase is going to be out potentially for like four weeks, I still don't like the Browns. I feel like the Bengals have to win, but like I still always, I also think the Bengals are kind of frauds. I don't think they're as good as they think they are, mm-hmm. but I really think the Browns are a lot worse than people give them credit for. So this game is just awful. It's a horrible Monday night game, but you know it's Halloween, so like half the people that usually watch the games are going to be doing something else, you know? Like, all the fans got kids, they're going to take them out. I know that's what I'm going to be doing. Walking around trick-or-treating, so, you know, this might be a... This is probably a good game to have on Halloween. When you think about it. Yeah, you know, this is going to be a pretty pretty scary game. Yeah, it's scary cool. ugly. It's going to be an under. Yeah. Uh, under it's 47 it points. nightmares if you watch the full game. I agree. I'm taking Bengals minus three and a half. That's with or without Lamar Ch- uh, Jamar Chase. Browns, I think we have we just have to wait until, what is it, week 11 when we get Deshaun Watson back? Week 12? We have to wait because they're just kind of still the Browns. They're, they have, and I make this argument, they have so many weapons, yeah. but they just don't put it together. But they can't they get it. They don't have anyone to put it together. And that's why I think they got to wait. Um, They're 2-5 and five right now, but I truly believe if they still had Baker, maybe 3-4. and four. Yeah. Maybe 4-3. and three. I think Bengals are a pretty good team. I think they could use a better offensive line. Um, yes. I do think that their Super Bowl last year was maybe a fluke, but Lots, yep. they're definitely not a shitty team or bad team by any means. But yeah, Bengals minus three and a half. Take the under in this. Nothing really is going to happen. Stat to back up your thing. So since 2018, in games refed by Bill Vinovich, the under is 46 and 26. Loves the unders. I love the under in this game. What is the under in this game? The under for this, um, at the time when I wrote it down, was 47. As of right now, updated without Jamar Chase. Bengals Browns is forty five, so it hasn't changed too much. But I like I'd still under. take the under. I Five-time mean, time unders this year, especially on Mondays. They're just they're no not it. Gonna be watching this game. Yeah, they're not it. The scariest thing about this game is 
Like, you think it would be the fans that are dressing up in costumes going to the game, but the scariest thing is really just the game. Like, this is not going to be a fun game to watch. So. Yeah. You know, Miles Garrett has been digging the graves for all the quarterbacks he's been playing against. He's been he's already dug the grave for Joe Burrow. That so. dude's a fucking freak. That dude is insanely good at football. He is really good, yeah. Just a freak of an athlete. It doesn't athlete. make sense how athletic he is weighing, like... 280 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, How, that doesn't make sense. The, the way he can move his body with being that big is, yeah, yeah, it's so many people are uncoordinated being that big. And the fact that, like, not only is he great at football, not only does he watch anime, he reads anime. Oh, yeah, manga. He reads anime. Like, that dude is a nerd. And a nerd that's hey, good at I used to I used to read some manga. I used to read Naruto when I was a kid. Gary, you don't want to cross path with a nerd's a nerd that's athletic. Yep, you could say he's a uh, Shinigami for those who watch Death Note. Exactly, Shinigami. You know Shinigami love apples. How do I not know that? Well, that's it for the snake draft. All right, so that's week eight. So remember, subscribe to the podcast on Hulu, on uh, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to our Patreon at Turnover Sports. Uh, it's $1 a month if you just want to show some love. If you want to get all the updated statistics and uh, spreadsheets, donate $3 a month. That's less than, you know, that's half a cup of coffee every single month. Give up half a cup of coffee. Show some love, support the podcast, and we'll keep giving you, you know, great statistics and more content. Love you.